You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. If you're going to accomplish something, you're going to say, oh, you're rushing. If you're going to accomplish something in 2023, you can't turn a new, re- new Year's resolution over on December 31st. Everybody goes on a diet January 1st. You'll never succeed with your diet January 1st. You'll, you'll spend all the money. You'll join the health clubs. It's too late. You have to start practicing that diet, uh, diet October, November, December. Uh, you're going to go in a, have a savings account, and you're going to start January 1st. If you start January 1st, you'll never do it. You're going to have to have a warm-up. You're going to have to have a spring training. You're going to have to get accustomed to these things. You're going to start reading your Bible through, and you're going to start studying the Bible and develop a prayer life. You're going to have to get started right now. Tonight marks the end of quarter number three. We have finished July, August, September. Three quarters are gone. There's the one quarter left, and it's October, November, December. Let me tell you about this quarter. We get squeezed in because there's so much going on. In a church like ours, there's soul winning, there's the missions conference, there's, there's all these campaigns and all these things we're doing. But in addition to that, there is uh, the fall festival and the roundup Sunday, and there is Thanksgiving, and there is Christmas, and there is New Year's, and there's Christmas shopping. And some of you have already done your Christmas shopping. Anybody like that in the house? Go ahead, raise a hand. Anybody? Anybody? Why, good Christians, if you start before the 21st, something's wrong with you. The 21st of December, you get all the sales. What happens, everything breaks, and they really, they reduce it 50%. And then you say, I lost the receipt. I don't know, so you give it away anyway. But nonetheless, you're going to have to start now. We, we have 92 days left starting Saturday. October 1st is Saturday. And you're going to get a little bit more like all of us, lazy, because on November, I think, the 6th, we turn our clocks back. And so we're going to get a little bit lazier at night. In the summer and spring, we're outside. We're doing things. We're active. We're not sitting on a couch watching TV. But when it begins to get dark at 6 o'clock and 5.30 and 5.15, that makes a long, lazy night. We're going to have to think on purpose what I'm going to accomplish. I don't know how you are, but I'll tell you how I am right now. I want 2023, if the Lord tarries and I live, I want it to be my best year ever. I want to accomplish more for God. I want to accomplish more for my wife. I want to accomplish more for my family. I want to accomplish more for you than I've ever done in my life. I'm asking for God to give me renewed, strong strength to really see something big happen. Men on the prayer page on Saturday night, you'll see it. I said, Lord, I've been praying so much for months now. We're, we're so close to finishing off the debt, but we need some miracles. We just need mighty miracles. We need a bus parking lot. 
We've been trying to get one for four years. Can't, other places you go, there are a dime a dozen. You could use it, but can't get one. I'm praying right now for about 200 more parking stalls right here somewhere. I don't know how we're going to get We need Sunday school. We got them stuffed everywhere in, in the lobbies. In the, we, got, we, we, we need classroom space. We need more buildings right now. We, that, amen? We need the, 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 the small clapboard chapel up and using it as a We need, I'm praying for eight to 10 auditoriums that seat 250 people each for the adult classes. So that can't happen. Are we going to take out a loan? No, we're going to ask God. I'm begging God. I'm begging God for buildings and property. I'm begging God to do something. I don't want to just say that you'll hear it Sunday morning and Sunday night, which one I don't know. But I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe in uh, the, all the negativity of what's going on in the world. I know the stock market apparently is terrible. Well, then don't put your money there. I don't believe it's over, ladies and gentlemen. I believe there's gr- the greatest days could be right ahead. I'm not going to live in depression and discouragement. It's so hopeless and we're all going to go to war. We're going to die and we're going to die of climate change and you name it, it is. I don't want to live that way. I want to live on the winning side. Oh, victory in Jesus. Thank God I'm saved and God has a plan for your life and for my life. I want to address that tonight. I know it's a strange Bible study. And then Pastor Cooper get back on this amazing study he's on, on the warfare, the Christian warfare. But two verses I've read with you every church business meeting. Chapter 14, verse 33. Let's read it together. Ready? Begin. For God is not the author of confusion. And then we always read verse number 40. Ready? Begin. Let all things be done God, God has a decent order to everything. God is an orderly God. If you'll go back not right now to Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and 1 and 2, you see the creation of God. There was an order to how God created everything. He, he created man last, but man needed the things he created first. He needed a globe. He needed an earth. He needed gravity. He needed all those things because man was not God and God put the, stella, the, 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 uh, the, the stars in place and the moon in place and the sun in place. And God put the, uh, the, the various galaxies in place. And God gave the, the rivers and the rocks and the rills. And God gave it all. And the animals, God did it all in a perfect order. My life and your life has to be orderly. And if you look at your drawers in the kitchen or your closet or whatever you, I know everybody probably has a junk drawer. They used to call it that, one junk drawer. I don't know if people still do that. But uh, you look at where you keep your lawnmower. If you have a lawnmower, what does it look like? There needs to be order. There needs to be order to our vehicles. Uh, and I know college students, you have a vehicle and you're, you're crammed in rooms and so you use your your trunk for spring clothes, summer clothes, and uh, winter clothes. I understand that. But there needs to be an order to our life. There needs to be an order to our, our, our living, an order when we go to bed, an order when we get up. There needs to be an order what we're going to try to accomplish. There needs to be a plan of attack every week. This week I'm doing this. This month I'm doing this. This quarter I'm doing this. This year I'm doing this. And God created it that way. It's really... It's not goals, it's purpose. 
Goals help us accomplish the purpose. The purpose is a desire. It's what God desires for you, his will. God has a purpose for your living. I, 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 on the radio, I'm speaking on my purpose starting next week uh, for 10 days. I know the purpose why God has me here. I know why I'm still alive. And when God's finished with that purpose, he'll take me home. But there's a purpose. Now, I work on goals so I can fulfill my purpose. And you know, I won't go through all 10, but it's the 10 C's I have. It's Christ and my companion and our children, the church, the college, the city, on and on and on it goes. I know every day I look at it, why am I here? I, I do not want to live haphazard. I do not want the newspaper, and I know we don't have newspapers anymore, but I do not want the newspaper to govern my life, or the news to govern my life, or politics to govern my life. I want my life to be governed by God and do things decently and in order. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Exodus. And this is all by introduction, and when I get wherever I'm going, if I ever do get there tonight, I won't be very long. And I do know what time we should be done. And we're looking for the message tonight, preparing for 2023, and there's, there's 365 days ahead of us. 12 months, 52 weeks, 8,760 hours. I don't want to waste those 8,760 hours. Now I'm going to have to sleep. And that's not waste that's regenerating my body, but I'm not fulfilling any, much of my purpose while I'm sleeping. I need to rest. I, I need to do this, I need to do that, but, but, but I don't want my 8,760 hours to just be goof off. I want it to accomplish something. And sometimes it's not necessarily, I'm not trying to be unspiritual. It's perhaps not going door knocking and visiting, though I'm going to do that by God's grace every week. Sometimes it's just spending time with my, my sweet wife. That's part of my purpose. I don't want to make her more my goal than I ever have before. I want to do more. I don't want to do less. I want to be more of a pastor to God's people. We can't waste these days. We cannot be careless. God does everything orderly. Notice in 20, chapter 25 gives us an illustration of this. The Lord spoke, and we can go behind it before this, but the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering. Every man that giveth it willingly in his heart shall take, my, take an offering. And it begins to deal with all the offering. Now, why is God collecting money? Why is God collecting possessions and, 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 and silk and, and skins and, and scarlet and, and gold and silver and brass? Why? Verse 8, and let, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell with them. You know, from this verse right here to the last chapter, chapter 40, he tells us all the blueprints of everything. That's what I'm asking you to consider this last quarter to get a blueprint for 2023. Let you know where you're going. I'm talking about even if you can say we want to do this for a vacation. I'm not saying a vacation is wrong. I'm not saying work 27 hours a day. I'm not saying it's all work and no play. Uh, there needs to be play. Amen. There needs to be vacation. There needs to be rest. 
There, there needs to be uh, time with family. There needs to, and it's just, okay, I made my time for you. Uh, I gave you two hours this week. That's enough. No, I'm not talking about that. There's more than that you need. That's a life you're raising children. And so he begins to tell them everything. First he tells them verse number 10. You're supposed to make an ark. And he notice you can just look through there. Here's how you have the gold, and here's how you have the, 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 the length of it, and here's the width of it, and here's the staves that go in it. And then there's going to be, verse 17, a mercy seat, a, a, a lid on it. And he says, then in verse 28, I want you to make a table. And he lists how to make the table. See, God is not just haphazard for the Martinez. He is very, very direct. Here's how I want the table of showbread. Here's how it's supposed to be formed. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Brother, uh, uh, Brother Bertram, uh, you, you told us how it forms a beautiful cross and all the arrangements, how that God uh, placed all the arrangements. Then he said, I want you to have, verse 31, I want you to have a candlestick. And he gives all these next verses about the candlesticks. Perhaps in the near future, Brother Bertram, it could be where you could give us another Bible study on that. For you that have not heard, I remember when he explained the candlesticks to us, said that there, there's, there's 39 knobs on one side and there's 27 on the other. And the candlestick is light and the word of God, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 books and the New Testament has 27. I wonder if there's something about that. God gives everything detail. We don't live with a haphazard God. Everything that God does is orderly, decent, and in order. Notice, if you will, uh, he goes, I want you to, uh, uh, in verse number, uh, chapter 26, verse 1, uh, make a tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twining. He begins to list all about the tabernacle and the, and the, and the ram skins and the, and the boards, verse 15, and the sockets and the outside walls, and the inside walls, and the inner uh, temple, you know if you see in verse 31, the inner veil, and, and then the outer veil, and then the brazen altar, chapter 27, and, and the, uh, I could go on and on, it's all uh, the, the ephod that the man has to wear, the priest, and his, and his gar garments that he has to wear, and he has to wear a robe, and he's in, there's the holy place, and then there's a holy, holy, holy. Nobody sees them in there. When the priest goes into the holy of holies, 15 by 15 square little room, it's a portable room. And, and, the, and the portable tabernacle is so amazing because they put three tribes of Jews on the back and three tribes on the front and three tribes here and three tribes. And as the tabernacle moved, so all the tribes moved. Nearly two million Jews. And their life centered around the tabernacle. But when he went into that holy place, he had already offered for his own sins, and now he's offering a blood sacrifice for the sins of the people. They didn't know he was doing that. He could have been in there sleeping. We didn't know what he was doing. But God put bells. God said, I want you to put bells on the bottom of his robe. And so when he moves and he's fulfilling his task in the Holy of Holies, you hear the bells ringing. 
A judge told a lawyer years ago, I remember he, he, he said it from this, this pulpit, I think the old building. A judge was so frustrated because he came in from his chambers into the courtroom. And in some courtrooms in America, yet today, they still have bells on the bottom of their robes. And they came in, and they were jingling. He goes, I, afterwards, he goes, I hate these bells. And the lawyer said, you know why they're there? Because God had the bells for the high priest when he was fulfilling his task. And much of your garb represents the same that the high priest had when he was fulfilling. You have a task to fulfill. It's a high task. And we know you're coming. You know, God has an order to everything. You're listening so well. Turn with me, if you will, to First, first Corinthians, First, first, first uh, Chronicles. First, and I'll give you an outline and we'll be on our way. First Chronicles chapter number 28. In First Chronicles 28, verse 1 is a long, long verse of chapter 28, verse 1. And David, he organizes. He gets everybody together. He, he, he gets the prince of Israel, the princes of the tribes, the captains of the company uh, that ministered, and the, the thousands and the hundreds, and, and they all, and the officers, and the mighty men, the valiant men. And David stood up on his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had in my heart to build a house to rest the covenant. He said, We've had this tabernacle that just moved around in the desert. But I have in my heart to build a house for God, a permanent structure. God says, you're not going to build it because you've been a man of war and bloodshed. But I'm going to use your son. And David, from this point forward, everything is about getting the blueprints ready. And everything is going to the bank and getting his money and pulling it out so he can give it to the work of God. Everything is about putting things in order. God is orderly. Look what he says, verse 11. Then David gave Solomon, the son, his, his son, the pattern, the blueprints of the porch and of the houses thereof and the treasuries and the chambers and the mercy seat and the pattern that all the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, the treasuries of the house of God, and he, and he gave all this, and he, and he talked about, verse 14, the gold and, and the instruments and the silver and all the candlesticks and the bowls and the basins and everything that's going to be used. And, and David said, verse 20, to Solomon, his son, be strong and a good courage, do it. Fear not. Chapter 29, verse 1, in the middle of the verse, the work is great for the palace, it's not for man, but for God. Verse number 3, watch how David it sets everything in order. Because I have set mine affection on the house of my God, I have my own proper good, gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. He begins to talk about all the talents of gold and silver. And then he said, I wonder who is willing, verse, 20, uh, verse 5, who is willing this day to consecrate his service? And they began to get people, they offered verse number 6 willingly, and they began to raise money. In verse number 9, the people rejoiced that they willingly because they had a perfect heart. Go back to chapter 22, please, if you will, and I'll, I'll have you stop turning. And David said, this is the house of the Lord and the altar of the burnt offering. And David commanded to gather the strangers that were in the land and 
and, and he, he set masons and brought out stones to build the house of God. David prepared the iron in abundance and nails and the cedar trees in abundance. He went to other countries and got trees and, and, and they never had a hammer building at the, they, all the, all the, 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 the heavy stone was already cut in place and brought in and laid in perfect order. That house, Solomon's temple, was like none others. You can go uh, any secular Wikipedia, however you say it, and look it up. You can find all about the, the beauty of it and how gorgeous and how breathtaking it was. God said how the pillars were to be built. God said what's supposed to be at the top of the pillars and the base of the pillars. God gave them the width and the dimensions of the pillars. God told how many, how many they're supposed to be in a row and how many rows. God did that with everything. Uh, 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 God said to a man, Noah, I want you to build me a what? How many stories? Three stories. And here's the kind of wood I want you to use. Then I want you to put pitch. We're told that standard oil decided to drill in the Middle East because of that Bible story. They, if there was pitch, that means there's oil there. And sure enough, they discovered oil because Noah had already discovered there was pitch there, oil uh, for waterproofing that they used it on that big ark. God told them how many floors and God told them how many animals clean and how many animals that, uh, uh, that were not clean animals to take into the ark. God, uh, if you've ever seen that ark that they replica in Kentucky or wherever it is, how all the, all the sewage drain. God, God said, here's how you do it all. And some, we know those animals had to hibernate. We understand all that. And some were little animals. They didn't put a giant draft on there, but, but small. God wants to preserve. And God, God, God said, I want you to put a door on that. And I'll shut the door. God has it very clearly, exactly how he's supposed to do it. Uh, there was a man by the name of uh, Joshua. And God said, I want you to march with the men of war around the city of Jericho every day. Don't say a word. God, God, God has it all planned. Don't say a word. Just walk around it. Those G Jews walked around there. And, uh, the people of Jericho just looked in astonishment. What are they doing? The next day, they walked around again. The next day, God said again, he, he said, I want you to do this for six days. On the seventh day, I want you to blow. I want you to walk around seven times. God had an order, seven times, the perfect number. I want you to go seven times and then blow the trumpets. And guess what? There was a victory. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. There's a man who was scared to death. His name was Gideon. One day, he sent 10,000 soldiers home because God said, you got too many. One day he sent 22,000 home because he got too many. He was left with 300. If I had time, I wouldn't take you back there to Joshua, Judges chapter 6. He said, fellas, okay, here, let's do this at night. And let's get all situated in three companies. You 100 here, you 100 here. This is the way God had it planned, 100 over here. And let's take a pitcher in our hand. And let's take a horn in our hand. And let's take, what's the third thing they have in their hand? Trumpet, pitcher. Well, a great, great theologian can tell you, I've been teaching you for 50 years. Um, and, and they get all of them together. It's chapter 6. This will give you something to do. Lanterns. 
lanterns and pitchers and trumpets. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, <laughs> those lanterns are glowing on the hillsides, those pitchers are being broken, the trumpets are blowing, and without firing a shot or shooting an arrow or anything, God won a victory that night with 300 soldiers. It was all planned. I, I know I could have a tendency to drive you nuts, perhaps. Exodus had, God, God gave a plan. I want you, Moses, to organize laws. And much of the laws that we have in our country were from the book of Exodus. How to get along with people. How to get along in the home. How to sue people, how not to sue people. What to do, what's right, was he, he, the laws and government and worship and the tabernacle and the priests and the garments and the duties. It was all organized. That's the whole entire book of Exodus and Leviticus is about that. David organized for the battles and David organized for this building. The Apostle Paul had God organize the mission trips where he was supposed to go. And I'm not throwing something in for city or country right now. He never went to the country. Everywhere Paul went was to the city. Because if you'll see what happens as a result of reaching the city, the large city, they go from the large city out to the small cities. And so that's why they go to Corinth, a big city, and Ephesus, a big city, and Thessalonica, a big city, a lot of them seaport cities, a lot of traffic, a lot of people coming through there. So the gospel's going everywhere. And God sent them to all these places and go to Galatia and, and go, to these, uh, go to these cities and go to Rome, go to Rome, go to Athens. Go to here and get, get churches planted. And then you go from there, go to Hierapolis. And from, uh, from there, uh, you go to uh, these various cities around that region of Colossae. Go to Laodicea from Hierapolis and reach people there. Are you ready? Let's write it down. We're out of here. Here's what I want you to work on for 2023, beginning October 1st. Your 2023 plan, one, spiritually. What are you going to do next year spiritually? Bible. What are you going to do? Are you going to re read it through? But then are, are you going to study it book by book or verse by verse or subject by subject? Are you going to have a journal? You might want to write things down. Are you going to have markers in my Bible? And you don't have to do this. I love the word great. Whenever I text anybody, if I get to the word great, I always capitalize it. But in my Bible, I've double underlined with red ink every time it says great. And I love the word heart because heart is constant in the Bible. Thou shalt love the Lord with all that heart. Everything we do has to have heart in it. Marriage has, so I circle all the heart. If there's anything that deals with money, riches, silver, wealth, gold, treasuries, I always underline it with one of those green underliner, small little pins from the bookstore here. It doesn't bleed through. I underline the word and then I put a dollar sign. This next year, every time I find a promise, I'm going to put a letter P. I always underline and it came to pass in red. Because it always comes to pass. It always comes to pass. It's going to work out. We'll get another president and then we'll get a worse one. And then we'll get another one, and then we'll get a worse one. And then we'll get another one, and we'll get a good one. Who knows what we're going to get? 
Oh, yeah, but we're going to collapse before then. Why would you talk that way? I'm not going to live that way. I still believe God can send, I still believe in revival. I still believe he can send a revival. I still believe churches can open up and see greater things than ever happen. Uh, I, I, but you're going to have to get prepared in October. I know exactly the Bible I'm going to get. I've told Brother Moore, I, I know exactly the Bible I'm going to get. And I have a way of destroying Bibles, especially getting briefcases and airplanes and all the places where I go. And I'm going to keep that box this year by the grace of God. I'm going to try to do my best to keep it in good order. And instead of just using it for like two years, I want to use it for many years. I, I know I'm going to be ready for the new year. Uh, spiritually, with my Bible and spiritually with prayer. And spiritually, by the way, with about Bible memorization. And spiritually with my, my prayer journal. And serving God and souls and stewardship. Second word, not only spiritually, but family. Though it's just my wife and I. We have 22 in our family with our children and their mates and our grandchildren. I, I can't touch them. They're scattered all over the globe right now. I can't touch them. I can't see them. They're not around. But I tell you what, I can travel to their city on my knees. I, I don't know all that God's doing with my grandkids. Our grandkids, should say my, our, our grandkids. But I tell you this, I know they have a, a, a nana and a papa that bring their names before the throne of grace every day. Our eldest is Ashley, she's 20 or 21, she's 20 or 21, 20, and, and, and she's going to have to marry right. Everything her grandparents, everything her parents invested her, it's going it's to go down the drain if she gets the wrong guy. Everything. And I see that happen so much. Parents put all the right effort in. And then a son or a daughter, it starts off great. You know, I love you. Uh, and, then, and then I watch it so many times with families. I've watched sons-in-laws and daughter-in-laws and sons and daughters say, you cannot talk to your grandkids. I don't understand that stuff. I can't understand, uh, I, I, I know the queen just died, and, and this boy, Harry, and whatever his wife's name is, how that they, they, they said, uh, we, we, they, they denounced all the protocol and how that it's just uh, um, evil things and white supremacy and all this stuff. And what the, the last two years of his grandmother's life, he just tormented her. Don't ever torment someone that gave you life. I'm talking about spiritually, and I'm talking about family. Play with your family. And again, men, just because you played one day with them for two hours or one hour, that's not, this is a daily thing. Play with your children and pray with your children and precept your children the Word of God. Recently, I've been on several flights across the country. And it's the saddest thing 
Every plane, every, every flight is jam-packed. I mean, it's just jammed. There's no empty seats. They're all packed. And the airports where I go, they're just packed. You can hardly, you know, shoot across the traffic. There's people walking. It's just so busy. I hear these conversations in the plane. I, I just heard so many saying, well, I'm on, women, I'm on a business trip. And the next thing I'm hearing, honey, is I hear, I heard, uh, I've got an 11-year-old and a 2-year-old. I'm thinking, lady, you're on a business trip? And I know we all have to work. I understand all that. But you have a, you have a vapor with your kids. I hear things like, on planes, I hear, I hear it all the time. You know, well, I'm getting together with a bunch of my girlfriends, and my husband has the kids. You've chosen girlfriends over your kids? Does it go fast? Our daughter left our home 22 years ago. She's been out of our home. We only had her basically until she was about 20. She's been out of our home longer than she was in our home. And yet, especially when I see pictures of little, how she was, I, I mean, the day, November the 23rd, 1979, she was born in her, and the house there, all kids, all three of our kids born in their bedroom. We were hippies. I remember at 4.30 in the morning, you gave birth to her. And in time, they got her ready and cleaned up, and in a little, little jammy, whatever it is, she was dressed. I, 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 they gave her to me. And I, I can tell you right where, where the couch was. It was one of those orange and floral-type couches, you know, that used to be in. And I sat on this corner. And I said, Tiffany, I mean, I, 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 I remember 100% of it 42 years ago. You're the most beautiful little girl I've ever seen. I remember saying, you look just like your mother. I don't know how you ladies figure that out. Oh, doesn't he look like his great, great, great grandfather? How do you do that? <laughs> I said, you look just like your mother. We have prayed for you, honey. We have, I talked to her out loud. They must have thought I was nuts, those midwives that were there. And I said, you know what, Tiffany, I have some bad news for you. You're just like your dad. I'm a sinner. And though you're born, and you're born into a good home, your dad's going to love you, and your mama's going to love you. I literally went through the plan of a salvation with her, the Romans wrote, and I explained every verse to her within the first hour of her life. You know that of holding her? That's so long ago. And sometimes you young couples, you think you have a long time with these kids. It's but a vapor. I'm talking about number one, spiritually, and a family was going on, but you're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna do with your family. Well, we gotta get season passes to Great America season passes to Disneyland. It's only 
350, 400 miles down. No, no, no. They need you. We got to get them all devices so they can get. No, no, no. They need you. They need family fun time and play time and play sports together and, and read the Bible together for a few minutes every day and pray together. Good music, a family. And then number three, and I'm, oh, I'm out of time, finances. Get rid of the credit cards. I mean, as far as if, if you're going to pay them off next year, you're going to have to start this year. Get a plan. Get a savings. Uh, tuck a buck a day away. That's all it is, just every day for 360 days. Tuck, tuck a buck a day away. Just, just try it. Get a budget. Just go online. You know how to do that. Get a, figure out how to have a budget sheet. I make my budget every month. And then when I, I pay the bill, I put a red line through it. Every single month of my life, I have a budget. I know what I have to work with. And physically, a diet. This is the hardest one for me because I hate to exercise. I don't mind exercising this way. I hate exercise. I hate it. I must be undisciplined, I guess. I just hate it. But I think if you're going to get your diet in order, you know why it's so hard in January? Because we've eaten nothing but junk in November and December and New Year's. And then number next, educationally, academically, and then next, socially, Learn to listen, learn to communicate, learn to develop friends. Well, I have probably another 15 minutes, but I've, I've taken up all of my time. I gave you a booklet five years ago, and we published it about every two years on the 50-year goals. I, I'm just asking you, I, I don't know how you even give an invitation for a service like this, but I do think you need to prepare because you have 92 days before January 1st. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.